0: It's episode 18. How are you doing? Have had a good week? Been alright? Look, if it's been shit, my thoughts are with you. Because you know what? I ain't had a great week. But I do love Thursdays. I, I really do, honestly. Um, And I hope you do too. Because this week, it's episode 18. It's Amanda Abington. And... Look, the great thing is about doing this podcast, right? I get to sit down with people one-on-one and whether they're like friends of mine or not, but I get to make it all about them. And like, you can go down the pub or go for a cup of tea or a cup of coffee down Costa or Starbucks, wherever you go. But when do you find the time to do that? To sit down and make it all about the other person? You don't. But on here, that's what we do. And I'm thrilled with the people that come on and shuff that Amanda found the time and we could make dates work, even though it was half-term and it was difficult for all of us. We did it. And it's fantastic. What else have I got to tell you? Uh, Oh, my God. The reactions to Michael Balligan last week were overwhelming not just from like from our side but Michael got in contact with me and couldn't believe the reaction but I kind of knew after I left home in Manchester where we recorded and I remember saying to producer Griff I mean this is just going to go off and it really did you know still now up up till tonight people are still texting and emailing about his story and his positivity and the path that he's on uh bless him he's a lovely lovely guy and uh yeah thrilled that he felt safe that he could come on and tell his story on uh, on our little podcast brilliant anyway enough of my waffling I'll do a bit more of that at the end this is episode 18 of the two shot podcast with the brilliant Amanda Abington. I hope you enjoy. Thank you. Perfect, this is brilliant. I thought they were really good doing that sound check actually.
1: They were, yeah, they weren't bad. Do
0: you know what I'm going to do first? Go on. Are you going to do that? Yeah, shut that door.
1: Shut that door. Get that there door shut.
0: Because it just gets a bit. Shh. It just gets a bit noisy with that yeah. traffic outside, and yeah, that's this
1: is lovely. But this, this is where you do it, right?
0: Uh, sometimes when we're in London, yeah. we would do it in here. Um, it's lovely, and because uh, my friend Tanya uh owns the at this place, yeah. and down here in the daytime, no one's here. Yeah, that's so great. So she gives us this little space, How lovely. And all we've got to deal with is all that roadway yeah. across, but that's it's London, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, but you're never going to get away from that. You, you were you born in London?
1: I was born in North London, Edgware. Edgeware. Yeah, so just on the fringes of North London. And I've always been a North London girl. I've always, I've never gravitated east, west, or south.
0: You've never tried it? Never no. dipped your toe in? No. I did, because I, I, when I came down from Blackpool, I immediately went to North London because yeah. that's where all the Northerners were. Yeah, right. Uh, and I went north, south, east, and west. and did then you? Went straight back north again. Yeah. Having...
1: I do like North London. There's a kind of, I don't know, there's just a. I don't know. I don't know whether it's because you've got Hampstead Heath, you've got a lot of greenery in North London, whereas yeah. I don't know if you'd sort of... Yeah. I'm just, a, I'm just like, you know, like, sticking to where I know, I guess. That's what it is.
0: <laughs> and what was growing up in Edgeware like?
1: Well, I, I was born there, and then we moved to Finchley. And then... Uh, and then I... And then my, my parents moved out to Hertfordshire. So so I've always been, like, on the boundary of Hertfordshire and North London. It was lovely. It was really nice. when When we moved to... Hertfordshire. Uh I mean I must have been about five. And then when I got to my uh late teens and early twenties I moved back into moved London, sort of uh Finchley and then Crouch End and Ali Pally.
0: They so, always so. end up in Crouch End.
1: always end up in Crouch End. It's an actor's the, the, the mecca for actors, Crouch End.
0: I yeah. And and, all...
1: and 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 and, and, and uh, pop stars as well. There's a lot of kind of singer songwriters, yeah. A lot of indie boys used to live in Crouch End. I think, like you know, Travis lived that's there. That's right.
0: And- I always used to see him in Banners. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's,
1: again, that's you know because there's a there's a table that Bob Dylan sat at in Banners. Bob Dylan used to go to Banners. Oh, a lot. did
0: he? Yeah. Oh no, I do know that. Someone did tell Bob
1: me. D- Bob Dylan sat here, it's
0: like, <laughs> and <they're> like <laughs> loads of kind of Bob Dylan fans come and sit. And, and was it just you growing up? Or did you have brothers and sisters? I've got
1: no one. It's just me.
0: Don't say that. I've got no one. I've got no
1: one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, either. is. I've I've never, yeah, it was just me. I've I've got such a small family. I've got my mum and dad, my auntie, my cousin and his wife and their two kids. And then like three estranged cousins that I don't see on my dad's side. And that's
0: it. So That's... apart from the estranged cousins, was it even though it was small, was it quite a close knit family? You're all very close. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, I lived with my grandparents and my mum and dad growing up. We all lived in our big house together, and that happened till I was about six. So there was always my grandparents in the same. They lived upstairs, and we lived downstairs. And and that yeah, we were. I was really close to my grandparents, properly close, like m- more close to my granddad than I suppose my dad grown up, because my dad worked a lot, so I didn't see him, whereas my granddad was around.
0: What was your dad doing?
1: He was a, a photographer, and then he worked in kind of photo finishing, setting up laboratories and things, so he was always kind of... He was in the Grumwick dis- disputes, like the 70s, kind of... Right. The, all, the, all the disputes that were happening around that time with, you know, Thatcher and everything.
0: He yeah.
1: Was involved in all that, and so I didn't, I didn't really see him much, whereas my granddad was more present, and so it just turned out that I'd spent more time with them than my dad which was weird but you know make up for it now because he's he's around a lot my dad
0: he's retired now
1: he's retired and my mum and and they spend a lot of time with the kids because um being a single parent is kind of you have to juggle work and the work children balance has to be quite uh you know has to be quite precise
0: yeah especially (laughs) at half term
1: it is yeah and any any kind of any holidays really so my mum and dad are very present at the moment
0: and just, they're still there? Are they in Finchley?
1: No, they're Hertfordshire. So oh, Hertfordshire. Yeah, they've moved, cos so I moved back out, and, uh, and they're, like, a minute down the road, which is so convenient at the moment for me, just I, because I, I get to go and work in Manchester and then come back. and. Yeah. There's a lot of juggling, Craig, a lot of juggling, as you know, cos you're an actor and yeah. you get it and you've got kids, it's... And it's not feeling guilty about working either, and it's the same. It applies with men as well, you know. Yeah. That, that whole feeling of kind of being, do I take this job because I want it, and or you know, but I've got to kind of be a parent as well. It's you know, it's a bit of a minefield, I think.
0: The guilt factor is funny isn't it because it does mm. creep in.
1: It does, and I think it applies with with men as well as women. I think women feel it more. I don't know, you know, when I speak to w- mothers who work, especially in this profession. Mm there is a stronger pull of like, oh God, I just, what am I doing? You know, I've got to take this job, but at the same time I've got to be here as a parent. Whereas I think, you know, talking to, to, to fathers, it's I think it's much easier to kind of just detach yourself and go off and work for a bit. And I don't know what that is. I don't know whether it's because we carry them. I don't know what that is, but, but there is a, a different, there is a different guilt. There's, but that's,
0: that's, a, that's a bond that we as fathers will never have.
1: Yeah, you have a different bond. It's yeah. a different one. And I think, you know, I... I I was talking to Martin about it, and, and and it, it's when they get older. I think that's when fathers really come into their own. I think because yeah. they they need they need the they, the kids need that male in, that male um, inspiration, I guess, and that male kind of support.
0: And do you think you had that with your with your granddad? Was it? Did mm. you see him much more as a father figure than a than a sort of grandfather? Or uh,
1: no, no, actually, no. He he was always a grandfather figure and that, you know, I always loved my dad and my dad, I knew my dad was my dad and which is just that he wasn't and I think because also it was the 70s and the 80s and that was, they just weren't they didn't have to be present as much, you know it was, Oh God,
0: no, I mean, my dad used to go out to work and then yeah. he'd come home at half past five and it's tea time and yeah, then you've exactly. got an hour, and, an hour and a half and then it's bad That's
1: right yeah, and but now there is a pressure for men to have to do that as well. You know, there is that for, you know, you have to be there a lot more and you have to kind of do all that as well. Of course. Um it's 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 definitely changed.
0: And what was school like when you were growing up?
1: Um it was okay. I didn't really like school. I was bullied quite a bit as a kid. I had a, I had a really bad time at primary school. I was I was uh yeah, I didn't have a great time. I, I hated it. And, and for about three years, I was really bullied and and uh, I didn't want to go to school and didn't tell my mum for a bit. So it was... so It was, um, it was horrible. It was horrible.
0: Who did you tell?
1: I told... Uh, in the end, I told my mum because it got unbearable. And uh, and I couldn't... I, I would be crying every morning about, and not wanting to go in. And she was like, what's the... And I said, these girls are making my life horrible mummy and i don't know what i'm gonna do and they keep saying you know if if i tell anybody then something will happen to you and yeah it was horrible was but it was it physical or it got physical and it got uh towards the end it got physical i'd get pushed around in the cloak rooms and my stuff would get stolen and hidden and mm-hmm. they'd take my packed lunch so i didn't have anything to eat and things just things like that and now i think back i think oh god you poor you poor little girl you yeah. should have you know you should have spoken up. but it, it, and I and I didn't for a long time because I, but only because I was scared. You of know, so you're scared of.
0: A lot of people. A lot of people happen. don't speak up. No. When so now
1: I am fiercely aware of anything like that. I become very kind of militant about it. I watched these two like a hawk. You know, my two kids like about them being decent children and not and 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 calling bullying out. And them knowing that actually you don't treat people like that, and yeah. actually you have to be the, the the good person and be nice and be kind. Um,
0: well, it's interesting isn't it? when you see your children playing like with their mm. friends, and you are watching them if if they're in your house and yeah. you're looking after the other children, yeah. and you, if you see your child behaving oh, I'm, I'm away, I mean, straight away, I am out.
1: You don't do that, and I'm, you know, and I, with them, I'm. All about the manners, and all about you know. I don't care how you behave with me in the house. You know, we can have like a, a a different dialogue. You know, we can muck about. But actually, if you're in other people's houses, then I want you to say please. I want you to say thank you. I want you to be. I want you to talk to adults. I want you to be able to talk to adults and have a dialogue with them. I don't want this kind of monosyllabic no please and thank you. I'm, I'm all about the manners, and I'm all about just being a nice, bringing them up to be decent people within society but they can you know we we swear and do all sorts of things in the house when it's just us and they know the difference and i think that's important they know they they are getting values i think they they're learning about what's right and wrong and i think that's because i've because i had to i mean i had a terrible childhood in terms of school i hated it and i hated going to school and i hated that you know because i felt very um always felt on the outside at school i was never part of a a group of people because yeah. I was never made to feel welcome you know I was always kind of and I don't know why I don't you know I, I, I think because I always tried to maybe be over nice with people and try and you know
0: try and fit in
1: yeah ingratiate myself yeah. to people and actually that's just like no but I, yeah so I'm well aware I'm, I'm aware of them being decent people and, and making sure that they are people that that adults want to hang out with do you know what I mean that I just yeah. don't go oh god no no no
0: well, there's nothing worse than those sort of, as you say, sort of monosyllabic. Chill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who don't?
1: Who don't? You know, who don't go? Yes, please. Or yeah. yeah. I'm like, what? Come on, mate. You know, that's just page one. That's manners. That's just being a decent person. Please and thank you. It doesn't cost anything. It's and and that. You know, you. I see that now when I'm working. You know, people who just kind of don't. Who, on set, who just just take stuff and don't say thank you. I'm like, really. Are we going to – this is the way we're behaving now, is it? That you just
0: – What, they've just brought you that coffee and you're not going to say See, See, I,
1: I get really cross with things like that, Craig. I really do. I find it really uh, – maybe I'm being over the top about no, it. No, I, I don't just, think But I are. just think, you know, it's that's just page one of being a decent person is just acknowledging that somebody's done something for you.
0: And they didn't have to do that. No,
1: they didn't. And 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 the fact that people that, – that and I find it a lot. You know, I do find it a lot working on set that people just take stuff and I'm like – Oh, okay. It's interesting that you didn't even acknowledge that person, and you were too busy texting someone on your phone. Okay, that's but th- that for me is like the measure. I I then get the measure of that person. I think, oh, okay.
0: Then what well, speaks volumes about that person? I think
1: I think it does.
0: Because I've got a bit of a thing. Do you know when you you queue up and you 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 go and get your mm. your dinner? You go and mm. get your lunch. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, if a runner or a third goes. Come on, come to the front. I said no, no, yeah, no, I no, do. no, 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 Yeah, no, no. that's what I do. All these people are all crew. They've been here before me. Yeah. I've been sat on my ass having little breaks. Mm. They haven't. Yeah. We could, we're all, no one's going to starve. We're all going to eat.
1: Well, exactly. That's what I'm like.
0: That's, what, exactly. that's, that's what I do. That's, yeah. Yeah.
1: Because I just, it, you know, nobody's more important than anybody else on any film set. I think no, because if you didn't have the grip and you didn't have the makeup artists and you didn't have the essays, you wouldn't be making that thing. You know, well, everybody you can, is equally as important.
0: You can tell those sets where you're not an ensemble, mm. and yeah, you the, feel it. And the, and the, the hierarchy. complicity yeah. between everybody, and you go, oh,
1: yeah,
0: yeah, oh exactly. The harmony is, not yeah, there. and there's an not. imbalance.
1: Yeah, there is, and it feels. It, you, you start. It, it just doesn't feel. You don't feel safe in that environment. I think you just feel a bit like, oh well you know, somebody's more important than anybody else, I, I've never really understood that, especially in the job we do, especially, you know. Just because you're number one on the call sheet, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're doing anything more important than somebody who's just made a great big rig to light you. I just, Yeah, you know.
0: it, it means absolutely nothing. It really doesn't. <laughs> in the it grand does, scheme yeah, of things. Yeah, I think
1: so. Because, you know, also, you know, we're, we're telling stories, that's it. You know, that's it. You know, we're not... We're not going into war torn Syria. Do you know what I mean? We yeah. are telling and stories. And we're all doing it together. And we're all doing it and we're trying to make the best of it and make a, a, a decent, whatever it is we're doing, whether it's theatre, film or television. You're all working towards like a common goal of making something that people want to watch. And I think if you have somebody who's just this ego that comes in, it's, it's just, it, 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 it imbalances the harmony, I think. And you just, you automatically go, oh, oh God, I'm dealing with an arsehole. Okay. All right. Well, and you have does, to deal with that now as well.
0: It does reflect in the work at the end of the day. Because even if uh, someone watches it back and they would say to you, oh, well, I didn't see anything wrong with that. And yeah. you go, well, you know what? <laughs> yeah, I true. can't watch it yeah. because that's left such a bad taste mm. in my mouth. All, I can, all I've got is the memories of yeah, when we actually did that. Mm,
1: and how difficult they made that.
0: Yeah. Whoever yeah. it is. Whoever
1: it is. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I love a harmonious set and I really try and strive to make everything I do as enjoyable and as, as happy as possible.
0: But I think that shit bleeds down. It does. From yeah. the top.
1: It does. Yeah, I think so. If you've got somebody, at the, you know, a, a, whoever it is who's leading that cast or crew, who is easy and, and joyful to work with, it, you can't help but it's infectious, it is.
0: And it ceases to become work.
1: Mm-hmm. It does. It's and then yeah, it just it becomes just this beautiful thing that you you get to do and get paid for.
0: We just go out to play. Yeah, that's all we, but that's
1: what it is. That's well, that's what we're trying about, to do. You know, yeah. we're talking
0: about children before.
1: Yeah,
0: and we've spoken about this loads on the podcast that children don't judge. No, they don't. They're not there to um, monitor themselves no. or you know close anything. They're just open yeah, box open. and they just want to yeah. play.
1: That, that's it. that's precisely what it is. And, but that's why that's why we do our job, I think. It should be why we do our job. It should all be about the play. Mm. And it shouldn't be... Uh, I think if you layer on kind of whatever neurosis you have on it, it just it just becomes a task, then it becomes an ordeal. <laughs> do you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And you don't want to get up and do it anymore.
0: And we've all been there.
1: Yeah, oh, God, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> really, and you really have to steel yourself and go, OK, I'm going to do this. I know I'm going to do this. We're going to get through it. But it is, It's. it's... It's a it's a weird machine, I think.
0: So when did things, if they did, when did things turn around at school?
1: Uh, when I went to secondary school, it, it, it kind of, it got better. And I so I still got more confident as well when I got to secondary school. And I was away from the people that were doing it. So I could kind of start again with a fresh palette. Clean slate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I went in and I was like, okay, I'm going to... Reinvent gonna, myself. Yeah, yeah. Just way. be, well, you just be less... Um, scared you know I was a very nervous child and I was very shy and very insecure I mean you know that's there's always that there you know that's part of being and I think being an, an think artist I, as well yeah, You know, there's that insecurity that.
0: yeah completely
1: you, you know you're constantly kind of going am I, am I okay is this okay am I right <laughs> you, you know you're constantly checking yourself but I but I think I just went into secondary school going right well, okay I'm just going to have a nice time and if anyone does anything to me I'm going to have the courage to kind of say no 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 and to kind of stand up for myself. So secondary school was a lot brighter for me than primary school, and I, I had a nicer time.
0: How were you academically? <sighs>
1: uh, it was okay. I mean, I didn't. I, I, I do what they do. I mean, I I I the potential was there apparently, but I just didn't apply myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so many school yeah, reports.
1: Yeah, she's got a very good sense of humour. She likes to make the class laugh, but she needs to apply herself more and be more focused. That was the that was the general. Thing throughout my whole secondary school. If only
0: they put the Plus effort clown. in to, to, for their work <laughs> yes. than they did making people laugh. Yeah,
1: but that's what <clears throat> that's what it was. That's what I, that was my that was like just a every single school report was like that. I think you know, and of course my mum and dad didn't care. They didn't. They didn't. They were like it's it's fine, you know, because they kind of knew that I wanted to. Because at that point I was dancing. I was I was doing ballet a lot, and, and I wanted to be a dancer. All through my secondary school, that was how I, what I wanted to do. Was so, this
0: all extracurricular? Yeah. So I started <laughs> I
1: started ballet when I was five and and loved dancing. And I thought, well, that's what I want to do. And then when I got to 16, when I left school, and I got my GCSEs, you know, I got, I got nice grades. I mean, I, I didn't really work that hard, but I managed, you know, I passed them and I got some. But I was going to uh, a theatre arts school in Epsom. I'd already got in, so... Um, I was like, it doesn't matter. I'm fine. I've, I've got a place there, so it's fine.
0: And this was to do dance?
1: Yeah, purely dance. And then when I got there, I, I, I sort of realised it wasn't, I wasn't happy. I didn't enjoy it fully. And I got a very why, bad. Why, why do you
0: why? I just,
1: because it, I realised when I got there that actually I was surrounded by these amazing dancers, like right. proper. proper okay. And I was like, oh, I'm not that good at this. And that's what it felt. I was like, oh, no, I, I'm, I'm quite crap at dancing. That's interesting. Okay, but I was doing drama at this place as well. They had little drama classes every week, and the drama teacher was like, "You're this. This is good. You should think about this. This is what you should do. You shouldn't do the dancing. You should probably not the dancing on the head and maybe focus on drama because I think that's where your talent lies. And why don't we pursue that?" So, uh
0: did it take the fun out of dancing? Yeah,
1: for you? it did. I was like,
0: oh, oh that's such a shame. Though, isn't yeah, it,
1: it is. And I, but also I was I was I was upset about it because I thought I was a good dancer and actually I wasn't you know and you, you suddenly realise oh that's what it's that's what it is oh yeah and I'm actually not that at all so that's annoyed me slightly and then I got an injury anyway I went I went down into splits and didn't warm up properly and ripped all my groin so that put oh. paid that put paid to it anyway I mean that that, that was like whatever. That was the last nail in the coffin of my dance career. Did so, that put you out of
0: action? Yes,
1: yeah, and it and it and what that did is it fueled my uh, pursuit of drama. I think, and I thought, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that now because there was always, you know, like like any. I mean, I, whenever I speak to actors, they've always during their youth and their their childhood were kind of making up plays to make their parents watch them and would tell jokes and do funny voices and I, I, that's like impressions, a, absolutely. Yeah. And I'd always done that. And so I thought, well, I can use that. So. And then I auditioned for... Because uh, by the time I wanted, knew I wanted to do acting, it was too late to audition for places like Lambda and, and um, all those, you know, RAD and all that. They'd already shut down. And because I'm quite impatient and won't wait for anything, I thought, well, i just audition for this little Hertfordshire Theatre School place, which was up in Hitchin. And it was tiny. And I got in. Um, and how
0: old were you now?
1: I was about eighteen. I was about eighteen, and uh, and I met this amazing. He was the principal of the drama school called John Gardner, who was this playwright and teacher who te- te- he taught drama at Rose Bruford and things like that. And and he was such an inspiration. He's you know he was my biggest inspiration. He was amazing, and and he kind of mentored me throughout my three years there. And was just really. Um, very philosophical about acting and would say you know you might not ever work and you have to prepare yourself for the fact that you'll probably do a lot of theatre and education and you'll probably make your own work and it won't come easy and don't expect to be
0: some overnight sensation yeah
1: and and you and and work at it and and be scrappy about it and don't give up when it feels like at the 11th hour that this is never going to happen just don't give up. If you really love it that much, you have to keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it.
0: How did you feel when he was telling you that?
1: Well, I kind of, I had, I kind of knew that anyway. You know, you know, in your, you know, you know, in your heart, when.
0: Yeah, I suppose if you're honest with yourself, yeah. you go, this ain't gonna be. Yeah, I'm never gonna, apart. Yeah, I'm
1: not gonna be Meryl Streep. Although there's, there's a little angel on your shoulder going, you know, there's a little thing here saying, you're not going to be Meryl Streep. But there's another side saying, well, you might. So yeah, you've got, what yeah, what, what if, 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 if? What if? <laughs> you know, it's only it takes one job. So I had that kind of thing anyway. I mean, I, you know, you always want to... I defy any actor to go, no, I wouldn't want a BAFTA. It's like, yeah, of course you would, of course you would. <laughs> you don't do it. You do it because at some point you'd like to have a BAFTA. You
0: want a nice pat on the back.
1: At some point you do. You, of course you do. Uh, you know, it, it, that doesn't drive it, but there is always at the back of your head going, well, no, I'd quite like one of those one day.
0: Awards don't mean nothing. No, but, except when you get them and then you go, oh, my God, you know. <laughs>
1: So, you know, it, it, there's that, dual again, that duality of, like, I want to be famous, but I don't want to be famous. And, you know, the, the, the part of, you know, the, 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 the normal part of you goes, no, I'm just going to do it for the work. And then there's another part going, no, I really want to be famous. I want people to think I'm brilliant and award me accordingly. <laughs> 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 but um, but uh, so I always kind of knew that, that it would be hard. And how I,
0: were how were those three years there?
1: I loved it. I loved it. I mean, it was a weird place. It was a really weird place because it wasn't a conventional drama school. It wasn't accredited, so we kind of did what we wanted. And you know, in my year there were eight girls and one boy, and it was all a bit strange. And but 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 the teachers that would come in and 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 uh, you know teach us all this different stuff were great. And John John Gardner was this amazing man who just was. This little kind of oracle of all knowledge, and and was very interested and interesting, and yeah, I mean, he was the reason why I stayed there, really. And
0: it sounds and, like he was very honest.
1: He he was. He was always very honest about it, and he was always very brutal about it as well. You know, you might not it might not happen, but if you love the work and you love the you know you love your job, keep doing it. And I always did. You know, I I I remember meeting Martin, and 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 I'd been working up until that point. And then I met him, and. Overnight, just work dried up. Didn't work for eighteen months, and I was like, "Wow, well, this is good. This is how am I going to deal with this?" And so I changed agents, and nothing really happened. And and, and I don't know. I don't know how I got through. It actually, I can't remember. But I just remember thinking, "I'm not going to give this up. I'm not going to," because I love acting. And then all of a sudden, I got a, an audition. I think for maybe it was an uh, it was a. A play up in Scarborough, and I and or, or I got a thing. Uh, maybe it was um, I did a I did a twenty things to do before you're thirty, which was a kind of six part comedy on Channel Four yeah. with Matt Horn and Jane Fallon produced it, and it was Tiger Aspect, and, it, and, then, and then that happened, and so I had this work, and then it started to happen again. So it's like just as that, that moment we think, oh, I'm not going to do this anymore, it does. It can take one phone call
0: during those 18 months did you seriously ever consider right enough um
1: probably not seriously consider i did you know i'd do stupid things like oh, well i'm going to be a midwife then i'd had those <laughs> kind of things I'll, I'll be a midwife i'll just i'll i'll apply for a midwifery course i'll i'll and i think i remember kind of googling or or, or writing to the university of Hertfordshire and asking for a midwife application form for their course and then just looking at it and going i'm not going to do that <laughs> <laughs> i'm not do that i'm just going to wait a little bit longer and see what happens and but there is something you know it is it's frustrating that's that's what it is it's fr- it's cuz you you know you know you want to you want to work and you want to be in a rehearsal room or you want to be on a on a tv set or or in a in a doing a lovely radio play or something and it's it, it just becomes painful actually it hurts because you think well i can do this i have you know i have worth i'm I, i'm i think i'm a good actor i think yeah. i so why am i not working why is everybody else getting those jobs that and there's nothing you can do about it you are completely at the mercy of of people that pick other people
0: and it's it, it, it can eat you up though you know it it's does, it's a, it's, yeah. it's quite dangerous you
1: have to be you have to develop a really tough exterior and 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 and, and tell yourself that it's not personal, because it's not personal. If you're a good person and if you're a nice person to work with and if you have a modicum of talent, it's not personal. It's all about taste. Yeah. And it's all about fitting into that, whatever that character breakdown is. And also, you know, it's, you're not the only one that they've turned down. There'll be seven or eight other people. That it's, which, which took me a while to work out, you know. I was, I'd think, oh, it's just me. They've just turned me down. But, of course, they see about nine or ten people for that part. So nine other people just are doing the same thing I am of going. Oh God, it's me. It's just me. I'm a terrible. You know, and it's not. It's not that. It's purely personal. Yeah. It's purely. It's purely. You know what? What they need. It's nothing to do with you or.
0: It's not a your, reflection. It's not on a reflection.
1: You. No. Or your ability. Yeah. It, I don't think.
0: Although yeah. at the time. At the time you think you, it you is. Yeah. You obviously think it is.
1: And it eats you up. It does. You know, I I would get really upset when when I didn't get jobs. I mean, it would. I would take it really personally. And, and and have a little cry and then, and then you know, cancel and continue and move on and, and try and pick myself up. But you do take it personally. And you have to s- steer yourself and train yourself not to, because it's, it's actually... It, I don't think it is. I don't think it is. And I think the older you get as well, the more philosophical you say, oh, OK, that's another one I didn't get, it. fine, let's move on. Chalk it up. I think you do, though. I, I mean, I do. I'm certainly less... Um, it upset. It upsets me less when I don't get a job now. I'm like, OK, fair enough. Didn't work out.
0: Because your priorities change, I suppose. They do,
1: they do. And also, you know, you, you realise, you know, I think it's when you have kids as well, you do change. You yeah, know. absolutely. Everything shifts when you have kids because you have to be selfless. So you can't think about yourself all the time. You can't be all about, it's all about me because you've got little lives that you have to mould and shape and be responsible for. So that, that feeling of, of selfishness takes a back seat in everything I think, including your because work
0: Because it ceases to become about you. Yeah. I think so. And were your parents supportive? Very well?
1: always. Yeah. Always. Always. My mum was like, You have to do act you have to be an actress. That's what you, you're really good at it and I have faith in you and you have to do it and don't give up. And it'll happen eventually and yeah, Keep at it. Yeah. My mum was very, my mum was all about sticking at it. And so is my dad, actually. He's, you know, they're both really proud. It's really lovely. They're both really, and I, they've never not, you know, they've always been keep doing it, don't give up.
0: I was talking to somebody yesterday about uh, when you're going for an audition. Mm-hmm. And they've started to leave it in the room.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's quite a hard thing to do, but I think it's a really brilliant thing to do it because is. otherwise you're carrying it around with you. Yeah. And yeah. the weight of it yeah. really does drag you down in it every does. sense. It does, are you, yeah. are you good at leaving stuff in the room?
1: I wasn't. I am now. Yeah, I am now. I'm much better at it now. I, 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 t- five, ten years ago, I, I'd be sitting on the tube going, why didn't I do that? Why didn't I do that? I should have said it like that. Why didn't I do it like that? Rewinding, and, and going yeah, back over Yeah, replaying it all the time, yeah. all the time. And now I'm like, okay. I've that, I did the best I could do. Because always now I prepare stuff more, you know. I, I am more likely to read the scripts and, 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 and work on it more than I did before.
0: But I think that's part of the business that's changed as well. Mm. The preparation has become, I think, yeah. more, much more like America. Yeah, where which
1: I'm not keen on.
0: <laughs> everything has to be off book.
1: I have, yeah, which I, that annoys me. I have to say that annoys
0: me. The thing oh. is, I went into an audition... Not that long ago, actually, and they said prepare, and I always do. And I caught the director at my peripheral, mm. not even looking at me, just looking at the script. So I went, Oh, what is this? A sort of line learning yeah. contest? Yeah. And then she had the audacity to say to me at the end, It's fantastic, really humanized that. Wow. And I felt like oh, You didn't even fucking look at me. Wow. You didn't even, Did she not? She didn't even look and I, i'm See, not saying really that i'm not saying that uh, people have to fawn over you or, or but at least let, let's work no, on this but, together but at look, least look but
1: look at but watch you at least but look at what you. i'm yes, doing yes exactly yeah
0: and not so, look at me look at me but just
1: but engage look. engage at least engage in the room yeah. in the room be in, be present in the room i'm here yeah i've turned up and i've learnt this shit for yeah. you and I don't have to because I haven't got the fucking job yet. That's the thing that really, that's the, that sticks in my craw is that you're expecting me to learn 14 pages of dialogue. And I haven't even got the job yet. And it's like, that's a lot of my time that I have to take up on the off chance that I might get this job. Now, yeah. I'd rather go in with a, with a sense of the piece and be confident... Because also you're finding your lines, you're thinking about your lines as opposed to being performing it. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas if you you know if you know it and you can be doing this, you can play with it more. And then if I get the job, yeah, I'll learn anything you want. I will learn anything you want. But actually, I don't want to be nervous about forgetting lines that I've learned on on camera for you. I'd rather have it in my hand and then we can play and you can direct me and we can. Do you know what I mean? It, it, I just think it's... it's. I don't... Yeah, because auditions are nervous, in you know, they, they're nerve-wracking enough as it is. I mean, you're going into a room blind with people that you probably haven't met before and you're trying to get a job and it's nerve-wracking. The fact that you've had to learn 14 pages of dialogue and remember that and try and find a character and work with people that, you know, casting directors and... It, I just find it, it's too much pressure for... God, it's too much pressure for an actor. But I just think, you know...
0: No, you're give, give,
1: give them a break. Just yeah. give, give actors a little break and let them have the script in their hand and not be totally off book.
0: But do you feel it has changed? That's, yes, That definitely. has been a shift, especially definitely. in the last two years, yeah. I feel.
1: Yeah, be off book. Really? Well, and of course, you know, the, the indignant side of me goes, no.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: I'm not going to do that. No, fuck you. No, I'm going to go in with the pages and say I've had a really busy day and I've tried to learn it. But actually, I've had to do all this as well. I, I get really scrappy about it, which I shouldn't, but I do because I just think no, you, you can't expect me to do that. And of course, you know they do. They do because it's the way of the, it's the nature of the beast and how it's changing, and it's unfortunate because it just. I had a friend who, who, she she's an actress and she, she's she got two kids and she's a single parent and she was, it was like 7 o'clock at night and her agent rang and said, listen, darling, you've got we, this amazing job's just come through for tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. And it was like 20 pages of dialogue with big monologues and she was like, well, how, wh- what do you expect? And she said, well, you need to be as off book as possible. It's like, for, I mean...
0: How do you expect me to go in <laughs> and do a half decent job?
1: Yeah, yeah, because something, you know, something has to be sacrificed and it'll be your performance if you're trying to find the lines. Yeah. It always is. It always is.
0: I, I know somebody, and I won't say who it is, uh, didn't get a job mm. not so long ago. Mm. And the reason for not getting the job was they weren't off book. <gasps> which I found... Oh,
1: no, 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 no. You see, but that's, that's that. you see, that just makes me cross yeah because if that then it's not about the job <laughs> it's about it's about
0: there were other people who who were completely off book
1: so but that's the you know so what's that so matter, what's that yeah did you do a good performance yeah she probably did they probably did an amazing performance but but, but... Mm, yeah you didn't learn it so sorry sorry right. yeah. okay so what is it now it's gonna, yeah it's, it's not about the thing, work is it yeah it's about your ability to be off book in less than 24 hours it's a different thing Oh, it makes me (laughs) cross. It just really does. It makes me cross. But it's, you know, as I say, you know, we have to do it, I guess.
0: Do you, in the downtime and the sort of dark periods, do you keep creative or do you shelve that and focus on Um, other things? Yeah,
1: I use, yeah, I do. I shelve it. I shelve it now. I mean, I'll read, you know, I'll I'll read plays and things and go to the theatre, but I don't, I don't focus on, yeah i don't go to classes and i don't you know keep my awe in i don 't do that I kind of just I, I i i do the family stuff and 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 do that
0: the important stuff yeah
1: the yeah, the relevant stuff yeah <laughs> and then you know because then I find you know when you go back to acting when you go back to it, you can come back to it fresh and you always come back to it with a slightly different um well I come back to it with a slightly different outlook at or you know because I learn from life, you know, you, you learn from it. You, you take everything as an actor, you know, from working, you know, I can pick stuff up from my kids and I can pick stuff up from just walking along old Compton street, you know, oh, you, you, you just you, you're constantly just, observing, you're, you, you're, you, know, I think as actors, you, you have to take everything in. You, you're like a sponge and you just absorb everything and you can use that in whatever, whatever job you go on to next. So I, I, I don't, I, it, it doesn't, it's not all consuming, I love my job and I would never do anything else. And if I couldn't do it again, it it would break my heart. But it doesn't uh, rule my life.
0: Do you think that's something that has come with time? Yes. Because when we were talking earlier, when you were starting out, you were very impatient and you kind of want it, want it. Now things have mellowed a bit.
1: I think so, yeah. And I think that's also, you know, I'm in a... At the moment, I'm in a nice position where people go, oh, it's you, oh, we like you, we'll have you in and that's the 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 shift has changed so so there's not this oh, you need to know who i am kind of thing because people go oh amanda no yeah she's we like her or we don't like her or know doesn't I mean so there's the the, the 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 there's been a shift in in my uh i don't need to i don't need to pursue it as much oh
0: show you who i am yeah. and what i Cause can do because people
1: sort of sort of know now they go oh, yeah, no, we know who she's done that that and that which is great and we love her so or we don't, you know.
0: And either way, you know, if they don't, yeah. that's yeah. great, because it's great we shouldn't be working Yes, together.
1: exactly, yeah. So so uh, there isn't that There isn't that. You need to be... It's me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> in this country, I mean, I don't, you know, I, I, I think in America they go, who? What? Nah, I'm not really an American commodity.
0: Well, you know, for a lot of us, that's just like starting again.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't have any interest in that i don't think i mean if if you know i i like working here i love working in england i really do i think we make really good stuff and i think i just love our work ethic as well we have a really good work ethic yeah it's great i'm working with michael c hall at the moment and he's saying you know it's a really good you have a really good balance of you know like in america they'll just work and work and work until it's done until four in the morning whereas here we you know we finish at seven and that's it and then you go home and you can... And he kind of loves... He loves the way we work here. He, he thinks it's really inspiring and interesting and, and healthy. It's healthy. We have a healthy way of working
0: here. I think so.
1: I, yeah, I love it. I love it.
0: Amanda, that was so lovely. Thanks so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: thanks for having me.
0: Well, there we go. How brilliant was that? She's just ace just dead honest and tells it like it is. And I love spending time with her and I hope you enjoyed it too. Thank you so much for subscribing and a massive thank you to you. Right. I don't know if you know, but in the observer last week, they've got a section, a new review section. It's an arts section. They had a special. It was about the podcasts of 2017 they had a top ten, right? Who was in the top ten? The two-shot podcast was in the top ten, right? And that is all thanks to you, because you hit subscribe and you rate and review us, and you give us five stars. I mean, honestly, I'm flabbergasted, and I know producer Griff is really chuffed to bits, and we're we're a bit taken aback, to be honest. You know, we started this. At the beginning of the year, just a couple of guys. We did it all from our own pocket. And uh, the fact it's connecting with you all means a really big deal. And also the calibre of people that come on the podcast. Yeah, it's just incredible. Long may it continue. And it will next week, episode 19. And it's, yeah, I'm not going to tell you who it is you'll find out because you're going to follow us we're at two shot pod on twitter facebook instagram if you want to drop us an email let us know what you think of the show we love hearing those too i've got to do that i've got to do a big list of reading those emails out and i will i promise before the year is out it is two shot at gmail.com until next week take care Keep warm wherever you are. If you're somewhere hot, keep cool. I've been Craig Parkinson. He's been producer Griff. And this has been the Two Shot Podcast. Have a good week. The Two Shot Podcast is presented by me, Craig Parkinson, recorded and produced by Thomas Griffin for Splicing Block. Our music, our brilliant music, is courtesy of Then Thickens. Cheers.